It is good to have you here. I want to welcome you here to the Stafford campus, and we are also in our overflow. Thank you for you that are willing to move up there into our chapel area, and we just want to say welcome to the Mount today. And yes, as said earlier, Pastor Andrew, Fredericksburg campus, we celebrate you today. First Easter down in Fredericksburg. We're so excited with what God is going to do, not just this Sunday, but in the Sundays to come as we continue to reach. Thank you for being our guest. Thank you for allowing us to celebrate Easter together this year. Hey, online, I want to welcome you as well. We just believe God has some words for us this morning, and I want to make sure that none of us miss it. Hey, listen, let me say it again. Happy Easter. Happy Easter. Happy Easter. Happy Easter. Happy. You ever think about what Easter really is all about and yet we call it happy? I mean, Easter's about what? It's about an ugly death on a cross. It's about a grave, a burial, right? Cross, grave, happy, right? Yeah, the reason we say that is because we what? We know the result of the cross. We know the result of the empty tomb. And that's what makes it happy, right? Yet the details of the process are the opposite of happy. It's just we like to jump to that finish line because we've got some time, right? we got some history, right, where we can see the impact. We even call the Friday good. And and I don't know about you, but when I think about the brutality of that cross, I think about the whipping on his back, I think about the nails through his hands and feet, it's the opposite of good, But yet the good is declaring the reality, right? It's declaring the outcome, right? The result that we celebrate thousands of years removed. And we can now call it Happy Easter. We can now call it Good Friday. And really the Easter story is about victory, isn't it? It is about victory. But what do you do when you show up on Easter and your life that you're living right now is separated from victory? There isn't victory right now going on in you. In your world, in your relationships. And what do you do, you know, when we show up on an Easter like that, right? When you're living separated from victory. Let me ask you a question. Have you ever been uh, at a crowded place like a mall and you come out and, and you can't find your car? Come on, that's going to happen to some of y'all here in a few minutes when we leave, right? <laughs> and you're going to go out there and go, where did I park? And you're like, you're going to pull out and do, 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 you're going to try to set the alarm off so it'll show you the way to get what reunited to your car. But you ever walked out and in the first few minutes you're just like, I know I parked it right here. And you're looking intently and you can't find it. And just about that moment you start to get this feeling. What if somebody stole my car? Right? And you're about to freak out and flip out and call 911. And then you realize, oh, I parked on the other side of the mall today, Right? And you got to go back in or you got to go around and you got to walk all the way over there to what? To go get back to your car. You've ever been separated, right? We can all admit that. Can we all admit we all have a little bit of, uh, of lost identity sometimes trying to find? Hey, let me ask you this. Have you ever gotten separated from a kid? Have you ever wanted to get separated from a kid? <laughs> Isn't that probably more real, right? But think about this. You're at a crowded event. Maybe it's a sporting event. Maybe it's a theme park, Right? And you saw your kid, you just looked at him. You just saw him and you just turned away for a minute and you turned back and they're nowhere to be seen in a sea of people. 
You know what that feeling is like when you've been separated from one of your young children? And in this moment, you get this scary feeling. How am I ever going to find my child again and all of these people here? That feeling of separation. Come on, can you just go there for a minute? You've been there, haven't you, parents? We've all been there. Real-time, real-time illustration here. Two days ago, Friday, uh, I get this call on my cell phone. And on the other end of the cell phone, all I can hear is my daughter, Sydney, sobbing uncontrollably. Now, to give you a little bit of context, my Sydney's in her first year away at college. She's down in Florida, a thousand miles from Stafford County. And she is sobbing and crying and telling me that she has been in a car wreck. Now, as a parent... All of a sudden, I'm feeling a thousand miles separation, right? And she's choking back the tears enough to tell me, I've been in a car wreck, but but, but I'm okay, I'm okay. And the person that I I rear-ended, they're okay too. (laughs) But the car's not okay, Dad. And in this moment as a parent, the only thing you, you want, I, I just wish I could zap myself. And I wish I had that superpower. Bam, I could be there in Florida with her. All I want to do is what? Tell her what? I love you, and I'm so glad you're okay. It's going to be okay. It's going to be okay, Sydney. If anything, it's going to take a little bit of money, a little bit of time. We could fix things, but we don't need to fix you. You're here. You're okay. Are you with me, parents? But that separation, oh, you feel it when there's tears, when there's emotion. Come on. You ever feel that separation geographically? Yeah, many of you military families, come on, it's called deployment. And that time, those months, that year that you're going to be apart, you feel that. Or you're a family that moves a lot and you move away from what's known. You move away from friends and family. And then you have a holiday weekend like this and you're like, oh, man, we can't, we can't physically be together. And what do you feel? You feel that, that separation. That separation. Are you with me yet on Easter? And then to make it even more uh, painful, you ever been emotionally separated from somebody that you used to be close with? And something happened in the relationship and things now are not the same? Let's get away from that. That's too close, right? What about, hey, you're, you're on a team. You have a job. Uh, you got a, a, an organization you're a part of. And at one time, man, y'all were firing on all cylinders, so to speak. Everybody was aligned. We were all moving in the same direction. But somewhere along the line in that job, you got separated from the vision. You forgot your why. You forgot your mission. And now it's labor to have to go to work because now it feels like work. Come on, anybody relate to that yet? Yet the story of Easter is about Victory! What do you do when you're separated from victory right now? We sing about the hope of Jesus on Easter. But what happens if your life right now is separated from the hope that we're singing about and talking about? Because you know what I know about Easter? We can all look good on the outside. We can all put on our colors of pop right on Easter. And we can look good, but nobody always knows what's happening underneath the surface. Not everybody knows the loss that you're going through right now, the suffering, the pain, the struggle. Yet, can I declare some good news to you today on Easter? God, he is more concerned on what's happening on the inside than he is how you look on the outside. Come on, that's good news for somebody today. 
And what I love, God sets the table here at Easter and he tells us some things about his heart and about the hope that he wants for us because when we really lean in on Easter, God will meet us right where we are. No matter what we're going through emotionally, physically, relationally, or even spiritually, God wants to meet us here again this Easter. And he has invited, good news, he has invited those that are sitting with us that have been abused. He's invited those who are broken, those that are feeling ashamed right now in life. Good news. He has set a place for you at the table. You see, Easter reveals that God is not distant from our messes, and he is not absent in our mistakes. Come on, that's good news today. God is present in our pain. Whether we can see it, whether we feel it, he's here. And this is what I want you to experience today. In the, in the passage that we're going to look at today. And so today I boldly and confidently invite you here to this place called Easter. I invite the scared child. I invite the frustrated teenager. I invite all failed parents. I invite the unfaithful spouse and even the bitter sibling today. Happy Easter. You've got a moment here to meet with God. And so if you have a Bible, turn with me to Romans chapter 8. Come on, a very familiar Easter passage, right? That's sarcasm if you don't know me. We're actually going to be in a place of scripture that we're normally not at on Easter. But we have been resting here because the Holy Spirit has led us to study this chapter for the last seven Sundays. And I want to share it with you because I think there's Easter written all in this chapter because it talks about the victory that can be ours. Now I'm going to read this verse and it's a very famous verse that you've probably heard before even if you didn't know the zip code of it. And I want you to hear it because it's a promise that God wants for all believers here today on Easter. Come on, wherever you're seated, listen to these words. Look what it says here. It says, and we know that in all things, come on, both campuses say that with me. All things. We know that in all things, God works for the good of those who love him, who have been called according to his purpose. Come on. God works for the good, but all things aren't good. God's not against us. He's for us. And God doesn't desert us in our trials. And God doesn't shelter us from our difficulties because he knows we need them to grow. And so just maybe today, come on. We're packed in this room. We're up in our chapel. We're down at Fredericksburg. Just maybe today, somebody is here on Easter and you used to walk closely in a relationship with Jesus. Yet if you got honest today, God feels like a long ways away right now from your life. Can I tell you how proud I am that you're here today on Easter? And just maybe today in this crowded sea of people, there's one person today that God's going to speak to because he wants to begin a relationship with you this Easter. Wouldn't that be powerful? Wouldn't that be a powerful testimony if today could be your encounter with him? But the Easter question today I want to ask is, are you separated from a right relationship with Jesus? Because today as we look at Romans chapter 8, it's because Easter has happened. And it's what God wants for all of us today. Now, I'm going to tell you something. If If you're a guest to our church, here at the Mount, we believe God leads us in these modern day times through his Bible, through his word. We believe this. 
That's why if you ever come here on a Sunday, you come here. We're going to worship Jesus, the name of Jesus. And as we worship, somebody's going to be in this pulpit, and they're going to preach from this Bible because we believe this is how God speaks. Come on, do you believe that today? This is how God speaks to us. This is how God leads us. Matter of fact, I love Easter, and I love that this weekend we're going we're gonna to see and meet a lot of people we've never met before. But can I tell you something better than Easter? It's next Sunday, and it's the Sunday after that. When we get into a rhythm of every seven days coming together to worship the name of Jesus together, and we're allowing God to lead us through the teaching of his word. Now listen, I'm going to pause here and give a little commercial. I'm so excited about this next series God's leading us through. It's called Soundbite. I love it. Learning to communicate in a world that desperately wants to be heard. We're going to talk about the power of communication and what the Bible shares for that for us in our lives. How many of you want to get stronger in your ability to communicate at work? Stronger in your communicate in your relationships, your marriage, your family? Stronger in your own neighborhood? Come on, God wants to grow us. Don't miss next Sunday. Come on, would you be here? But the last seven Sundays, we've been saying, what if? And we've been looking at a, a book in the Bible called Romans. It's not an easy book to learn from, but it's an important, timely word that God has given to us right here in Romans chapter 8. Now, what I love, this is because Easter happened. Now, what do I mean by that? This book that we're looking at is 20 years after, after the first Easter. 20 years after Jesus died on a cross after he went into the grave and three days later rose again. This is 20 years later. It's about 57 AD. This guy named Paul writes a letter to Christians who are living in a place called Rome. Now, why does Paul write this letter? First reason, to introduce himself because he's about to visit there. Number two, this is important. He wants to help this church. He wants to help these believers know that they can hold on to the victory no matter what they're experiencing and facing in this world. You see, Paul knows there's some hard days ahead for those believers living in Rome. And he says, hold on to this victory. You're going to need to be reminded of this because things are about to get tougher. Could this not be a real time for us today? Can I just say this today at this hour? It's not easy being a Christian here in America. We call ourselves a Christian nation But sometimes I wonder if that's more speech than life. Because it's hard to say we're going to trust God in his word when it doesn't always line up to what the world agrees with is right and wrong. So I just say that honestly. But see, this is kind of what Paul's dealing with. And he wants them to know you can hold on to the victory no matter what you're about to face. Now the ancient world was ruled by Rome. And at that hour, the emperor of Rome was named Nero. Come on, look at this handsome dude. Nero was so full of himself and wanting to be worshipped when he heard that there were Christians that were worshipping another god and not worshipping him as the emperor, he despised it. So what does Nero do? He decides to set his own city, Rome, on fire. Now, I know last week we were all captivated by uh, an elegant church building, Notre Dame in France, burning, and everybody was overwhelmed in that. But can you imagine Nero's the one who starts the fire for the sole purpose so he could blame it on Christians? Because he knew if he set that spark and started that blaze, persecution would break out and would eradicate all of these believers that are living in Rome. And so this happened seven years after Paul wrote this letter of Romans. And so what have we done? We've been camped out in Romans chapter 8 where it says that we can hold on to the victory because of the Holy Spirit in our life. And that we can begin to walk in this victory 
even when we don't see it, even when we don't feel it. He encourages them, and God encourages us now to not get separated from God, even when we're going through tough times. So I'm going to read this Easter passage to us today. Can, can we go there? Can we? Come on, y'all are the loudest crowd today. <laughs> Romans 8, y'all ready to hear some Easter? Verse 35, here we go. He starts with the question. Who shall separate us from the love of Christ? Shall trouble, hardship, persecution, famine, nakedness, danger, or even the sword? And then he quotes a verse out of Psalms. He says, as it is written, for your sake we face death all day long. And we're considered like sheep to be slaughtered. And then he answers the question again. Who shall separate us from the love of God? He says, no, nothing. In all these things, we are more than conquerors through him who, what does the word say? Loved us. Come on, one more time. Loved us. I want you to get that love in your head and your heart because that love is the pivot point. Paul's trying to counter the force and the rule of Rome. Rome thinks power is how you lead the day. And, and Paul is going to declare to the believers then and there, and God's declaring to us today, it's not by force, it's not by power. There's something more powerful than power. You know what it is? The love of God. The love of God. The love of God is stronger than anything you and I will ever face in this world. Now, I don't know you personally, all of you here today, but I do know something true for you today. On Easter weekend, I'm going to declare a truth to you today. Here it is. God loves you. The creator of the universe, come on. He loves you and he loves me. That's powerful when we think about it. Come on, Jesus, the savior of the world. He loves you and he loves me. There is something powerful when we know we're loved by God. Come on. Y'all know this, right? You'll love this. Come on, military crowd. West Point. Right across from West Point is Constitution Island. There's these two sisters in the mid-1800s, Anna Warner and her sister Susan Warner. Anna writes a poem in the mid-1800s, and a few decades later, her sister Susan takes this poem and converts it into a hymn. Now, they were living with their uncle. Their uncle was the army chaplain at West Point. And the reason Susan put that, that poem into a song is she wanted to encourage a little boy who was dying. Now, the hymn's... Of, of the words that she wrote, I'm going to share with you, and I think you're going to recognize it immediately when we show the words, but yet there's something powerful in this, this little song that, that just declares so much truth packed into it. So can I just tell you what we're going to do today here on Easter? I love this. Today, we're going to sing a little bit together, and I'm going to draw you a few pictures. Can you all handle that? Listen, I don't want anybody to walk out here and go, I didn't understand what that guy was talking about. We're going to make it so clean, so clear, because I want you to hear the gospel, the good news of Jesus today. And so let's just start with this hymn that this, these sisters put together. Come on, come on. Now listen, we're going to sing it together. Now here's the challenge. I'm wearing the microphone. <laughs> and this is not my audition on The Voice, right? And if y'all don't sing loud enough, Fredericksburg is only going to hear pastors singing down there. And, and listen, Fredericksburg, I need you singing too. Come on, chapel, I need you singing too. Let's declare this hymn to be words of truth over our lives today. Come on, let's sing it. Jesus loves me, this I know, for the Bible tells me so. Little ones to him belong, they are weak, but he is strong. 
Yes, Jesus Yes, Jesus loves me. Yes, Jesus loves me. The Bible tells me so. Yeah, God be the glory. Can you imagine if we would wake up every day of our lives, Christians, with the understanding and the mindset that we are loved by God, that we are loved by God. If we woke up to that reality every single day, what could that do to our day? What could that do to our decision-making? What could that do to our relationships? If we lived every day, not forgetting, but remembering that we are loved by God. Come on, that we are loved by God. Is that not the Easter message? And yet we get what? Separated from that understanding. Separated from that truth. Come on. What shall separate us from the love of Christ? Nothing. Nothing. But how easy it is to get separated. Here we have a God in heaven who loves us that much, right? And yet we live in a world, and I don't think I have to convince you too hard here. We live in a world... That's broken. Y'all know this, don't you? And to make it even more personal, we all experience brokenness. You see that? This is felt. This is real, right? Do I have to tell you that we live in a world with broken systems? Live in a world with broken promises? Live in a world where there's broken relationships? That there's times where things are upside down and not the way that they ought to be or ought the way that we want them to be. We live with brokenness. And sometimes we see it in poverty. Sometimes we see it in abuse. Sometimes we see it in sickness. Sometimes we see it in somebody passing away. We get reminders that we're living in a world that's what? That's broken and brokenness. Brokenness often separates us from the hope and the purpose and the meaning that we all long for in our hearts. And when we find ourselves broken, oftentimes we're reminded that we don't want to be there. That we long for other ways to find a way out, right? We want to find how do we get from there. But when we try to do things in our own effort, in our own strength, we make a lot of decisions sometimes when we've been wounded, when we've been hurt, when we've been betrayed. We make some decisions And really I want you to see something because it's in this place of brokenness, in this place of disappointment, oftentimes we make some very destructive decisions for our lives. Come on, how many of you here today would be honest enough to say, man, I I, I know what regret is. I wish I could turn back the clock, all right? I wish I could go have a redo on that decision or that decision. And, and I would do it so much differently. But a lot of times we, we can look back to destructive decisions we made. They happened right on the heels of a great disappointment. This is real. But I want to declare something to you today that Easter declares to us is that there could be another path than destructive decisions. There could be a path of deeper devotion. And it's, it is what God wants for us. But the enemy loves to use this to draw us further from God. And God says, I can take the same stuff and do something different with it if you'll trust me. If you'll trust me. If you'll believe in me. Now let me share this with you. As I think about this thought, there's something true about you. And I shared this a few weeks ago with our church. There's something true about you, whether you know it or not. 
you all want hope, you all want purpose, and you all want meaning. Listen, you could be here today and you're not a Christian. I know something about you. You want hope for your life. Come on, don't you want hope? I do. I want my life to have purpose. I want my life to have meaning. Don't you want that too? But oftentimes, instead of me experiencing what God wants to do over me and for me and through me, I experience this instead, right? I experience a hurt or a habit or a hang-up, and, and oftentimes, again, I let it lead me further away instead of closer to. And yet, this Romans 8 has really been doing a work within us that, that, that we're going to all face brokenness in this world. It's just what direction are we going to go with that brokenness. So let me show you this again, this reality of broken. It's a real reality. Nobody's immune from this. But there's something that eclipses that, even though that's true. There's something about God, and there's something beautiful about God's design, even when I don't always see it and feel it, right? Come on, we got a good God that created a world, and before sin showed up, the world that he created was to do everything on purpose. Everything was going to sync together the way he designed it to be, right? And everything was going to have purpose, and humanity was going to have the purpose to, to worship him and to walk with him. That's the purpose, right? Yet somewhere along the way, when you start to ignore God, and you start to ignore God's way, God's design, what do you do? You, you begin to kind of think, well, I want to do this thing my way, right? I'm going to choose self, and I'm going to choose selfishness over following God and following his way of doing things. And the Bible calls that something, right? What does it say? It says it's... It's sin. And there's a reality, a consequence that comes. It says, when I choose to do things my way, I get separated. I get separated from God. Not just in this world, but for eternity. That's where brokenness leads. And then what do we do? I got to find a way out of this, right? I got to find a way through this. I got to find another way, right? And we begin to put it back on our own effort that led us to get there all along. Now, there's another hymn being sung, and it's been written as of late, and maybe you've heard this hymn, and let's sing this, maybe these words together. Come on, y'all know this hymn? Tell me something, girl. Are you happy in this modern world, or do you need more? Is there something else you're searching for? Uh, Y'all heard that hymn before by the hymn writer Lady Gaga, right? Isn't that what our, our world's searching, right? Our world's longing, right? Our souls are longing, right? Come on, guys, we're not off the hook. Tell me something, boy. Aren't you try, tired trying to fill that void? Or do you need more? Ain't it hard even so hardcore? Um, are you with me? Are you with me? That was for you, Fredericksburg. <laughs> but the reality is this. Come on, the reality is this. Brokenness, brokenness, brokenness. And I got to find a way through, right? Even though I caused some of this, I got to find a way out. I got to find a way forward. And what we do in this tension is we ignore God and his plans and we choose our ways over his way. And the choice is, 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 is limitless, right? 
Come on, sometimes i got to choose something to feel something. I'm going to choose food, right? Or I'm going to maybe choose alcohol. I'm going to choose drugs because at least it gives me a relief, a release. It gives me a feeling of something, right? Sometimes it might be I'm going to choose my job and I'm going to find my achievement in that. I'm going to make a lot of money. And the more that I make, I'm going to be what? I'm going to be fulfilled, right? What are you looking for for identity? What are you looking to for security? What are you looking for for fulfillment? Come on, sometimes it is achievement. Sometimes it is approval. Sometimes Sometimes it's even trying to do good. Sometimes it's even using religion. But all of those things lead me, lead me to destructive decisions and further and further and further and further and further away from the relationship that God wants for us. Come on, God's got plans. And they're for us, not against us. But the question is, do I trust him? Come on. Now it's Easter. I don't know about you. I need some good news. This is getting heavy, right? I need some good news, and that's really what breaks in, right? Isn't that what we're talking about today, this weekend, right now, in this moment? I need some some good news. Anybody need some good news? I need a remedy, right? And here's the power of the news. Jesus does for me what I couldn't even do for myself. God so loved the world that he sent his own son, Jesus, to come and to live on this earth and to live by his design. Do you know what? Jesus did it perfectly. Jesus lived perfectly to God's design. And the whole reason Jesus came was to what? Come on, come on. Was to rescue. To rescue us. He he was going to do something for us that you and I couldn't do for ourselves. He's going to what? He's going to take your sin, my sin, your shame, my shame, and he's going to absorb it all on a cross. Come on, isn't that the Easter story? The Easter story says there is a way. There is a way for you to what? To return it's a, it's a way for you to be made right. It's, it's a way that things don't have to always be this way any longer. There's victory. There's victory. Whether you see it yet, whether you feel it yet, there's victory. But see, here's the challenge of the whole story. you got to do something. There's a response that's required by us. You can't sit here and keep saying, oh, I'm just going to keep making my own way. Listen, there's another way. It's called deeper devotion. But the only way you get there, and this is the humbling part, is that you have to admit you can't. And you have to admit that God can, and he did. And God's saying, it's time for you to what? To trust me. How do you trust me? By admitting you're wrong, admitting your need for me, and to come home. It's time to return. Or maybe for you today, it's time to begin. Isn't that powerful? Come on, can I, can I make it any clearer to us through the scriptures of what God wants? Come on, what's he saying to us? He says, you're more than a conqueror. Nothing can separate you from the love that God has for you. About 40 years ago, there was another hymn that was written. Maybe you've heard of the Gaithers. Anybody? Yeah, a few of you? Gaithers, yeah. Matter of fact, Pastor Jason comes out here in a bright pink shirt, and it's got the Gaither hymn right there written on it, right? Because he lives, right? You ever heard this? Can we just declare this? Because this is an Easter hymn right here to me. When I think about the words, come on, maybe you've heard this song. If you didn't, enjoy it. Can we enjoy it, right? Because he lives, I can face tomorrow. Because he lives, all fear is gone. Because I know he holds the future. Then life is worth the living just because he lives. A few of you knew that song, didn't you? Do you believe it? 
Do you believe it today? Because here's what I want you to see. Sometimes in this broken world that we live in, the enemy is telling us some things about God that aren't always true. The reality of what we're feeling is real, but it's not the final word. And God's wanting us to see something here in Romans chapter 8. But I want you to hear what Jesus says about this. Listen, when God has you, God has you. When you're in Jesus, you're in Jesus. Jesus said this in John chapter 10, my father who has given them to me is greater than all. No one can snatch them out of my father's hands. Come on, is that not great? That when you're in Jesus, you're his. And then Paul finishes it this way. Come on, Romans chapter eight. Let's go back to verse 37. What shall separate us from the love of God? Nothing. No, in all these things, we are more than conquerors. Through him who loved us. For I am convinced that neither death nor life, angels nor demons, neither the present or the future, nor the powers or height or depth, nor anything else in all of creation will be able to separate us from the love of God that is in Christ Jesus our Lord. Come on. Good news. I want you to see a pattern here in this second list here. Come on, he talks about human existence, life and death. He talks about rulers. Come on, angels, demons, powers of this world. Come on, governments of this world, presidents. Come on, countries, nothing can separate us. Then he talks about time, present, future. Then he talks about space, height, depth. Then he talks about anything in creation. Nothing, nothing, nothing can change our standing when we are standing in Jesus. Jesus. You need to hear this. You need to know this because the enemy will try to deceive you and confuse you in this. He wants to separate you. So what does he do? He tries to accuse you of all that you're not. And he often, he gets your attention. And he takes our eyes off the love that could be ours in Jesus. Come on. Nothing, I can't say it loud enough, nothing can take away the love that God has revealed in Christ. Come on, no drama with mama. Come on, no painful longing to be married. No lustful thought life is gonna get in the way between you and God. No pride, no procrastination, no complacency can get in the way of what God can do through his love for you. Come on, do you believe that today? So what, pastor? Now what? Come on. This is Easter, I hear you, but so what? Now what? I want to end with three action words that I think we can put into practice if we really want to live Easter out. Now, if you just wanted to hear about Easter, congratulations, you just did. But if you want to live it, it now needs, to, it needs a response. It needs some responsibility. And I'm going to give you three words that I think can help you because God says he doesn't want you living separated from Jesus any longer. Come on, Christian. God doesn't want you living separated any longer. So here we go. Come on, seeker friendly right here. Number one, confess. Confess your sin. Simply hearing the good news is not enough. We must admit our sin. We must own our brokenness. And we must stop trusting ourselves to rescue. We can't do it. We're not strong enough. We're not powerful enough. We need Jesus to be rescued. Listen, we must ask God to forgive us. And then we must repent 
and believe. And when God restores our relationship with him, it's then you and I get to be restored to the hope, the purpose, and the meaning that we long for in our lives. It's where he can take our brokenness and use it now to help awaken us to how he can make meaning out of our suffering and our trials. But we got to what? We got to confess. Say that with me. We got to confess. Here we go. Number two, just as hard as the first word, forgive. We got to forgive others' mistakes. This is hard. But when you don't forgive, the power of unforgiveness begins to rule and reign over your life and you will begin to live in a place of brokenness. Come on, you know this already. Unforgiveness invites bitterness into you and bitterness is like drinking poison and hoping the other person dies. Isn't that true? Unforgiveness is a prison and it'll keep you from God and his design for your life the longer you hold on to it. You gotta forgive, you gotta forgive, you gotta forgive, that's the first. Why can you do it? Because you've been forgiven. Listen, if God of the universe, Savior of the world, has forgiven you of all your stuff, is there really anything that you should be holding someone on the hook for? Now let me differentiate here. Forgiveness is not the same thing as trust. you got to start with forgiveness, and then you got to ask God, God, can I trust this person? And God may say, no, you better run from that person. Or God says, you're going to trust again. It's just going to take some time, and I'm going to heal some things here, and you're going to be stronger on the other side of this. But see, forgiveness is immediate. We've got to choose forgiveness every single time. It's, it's Easter. It's what Easter demands of us. And then we can see where trust will lead from there. You got it? Number one, confess. Number two, forgive. Number two, forgive. forgive. Here we go. Number three, this is a weird one for some of you. Sing. You've got to learn to sing during your suffering. It's one thing to say, I have faith. I believe, but what happens when your world gets turned upside down? It's a lot harder to believe. It's a lot harder to trust when you don't see victory, when you're not feeling victory. And what do you do in that in-between time? You sing, you sing, you keep reminding yourself of the promises of God, and you keep singing and singing and singing and singing and singing until your situation changes. Isn't that true? Real-time illustration here. Two weeks ago, prayer room, Tuesday mornings, 5 a.m. right here. We meet. There's a guy that comes praise every single Tuesday. About 15 people show up. We get in there for an hour, take turns just praying. Man, every time I walk out of there and go, man, how this hour went that fast, I'll never know. Powerful when you're in there saying, God, we can't. God, this is your church. God, we need you. God, lead us. Forgive us. We trust you. Troy, he comes faithfully every, every Tuesday. But see, I knew something about Troy. A couple days earlier, Troy and his extended family received some pretty heavy news. Their little four-year-old nephew, cute little boy, Luca. Luca was having some serious issues physically. He's stumbling around. He couldn't walk. He was nauseated, throwing up, having severe headaches. They didn't know what was going on. They take him to the hospital. They take him to Children's. And the diagnosis for little Luca is he's got an inoperable brain tumor. At age four. They said the best that we could probably do, humanly speaking, is some radiation that could give him a little bit more time. What do you do 
What do you do when that's your family? What do you do when that's your narrative? Troy comes that Tuesday morning, and as he jumps in to pray that day, he just starts crying. God, Luca, he needs you. In tears, he's praying out loud for Luca. And then Troy does something in that moment that I wasn't expecting. He, he starts to sing. Now, if you don't know Troy, Troy's one of our worship leaders. And he was learning a song for Easter. Sing hallelujah, right? He's down at Fredericksburg today being one of the lead worship leaders down there leading that song. Sing hallelujah. And in his prayer time, he starts to sing these very words. I'm going to sing in the middle of the storm. Louder and louder, you're going to hear my praises roar. Up from the ashes, hope will arise. Death is defeated, the king is alive. You believe that today? Can you sing that? Even if you're not seeing victory, even if you're not Feeling victory? Can you still trust God to be God? I'm going to ask our worship team to come back out and listen to me. We're only going to sing one more song. I promise you that. And then I'm going to share one final thought. We're going to walk out of here. But I, I just need something to happen right here in this moment. Come on, come on, look at me. Both campuses, chapel, come on, look at me right now. Everybody right here, I need your attention right here, right now in this moment. I can't have Easter if we can't have right now this moment. I got to ask you a series of questions. Here we go. Number one, right now in your life, are you experiencing victory or defeat? Right now in your life, are you experiencing the assurance of God's amazing love no matter what you're facing right now? Do you know God loves you right now in this moment? Right now, are you separated from a right relationship with Jesus? Because if you're answering to those questions any other way, I want to invite you right now on Easter morning to give you a chance to pray a prayer and to have some assurance that you can have victory right now today in your life. And you begin, begin to live in a whole new way if you'll trust him today. Listen, the crowd today, I'm not deceived. I believe many of you that are here are already Christians. I just believe that with all my heart. But you can be a Christian and not be walking close. You know that's true. What is the sin that's led you away from the Lord? And yet today, God said something to you that's so real and so personal. And you could walk out of here and do nothing. Or you could respond today with faith and obedience and with confession and repentance. And today, Jesus once again could forgive you and, and begin to lead you right now in your story. Come on, Christian. Would you trust him today? You trust him, but listen, I'm believing today, especially in the size of group today, here at Fredericksburg, online, and even up in our chapel, that there's one person here today that God has revealed his love to you today. And God says, today is your day to believe. It's your day to receive the grace that's found in me. And you want to begin a relationship with him. Come on, that's the whole reason Easter is Easter is he's still changing lives. It's our call as a church to keep preaching this good news so that people that are stuck in brokenness can return home. Come on, do you desire that today? Both, 
both campuses, bow your heads with me right here in this moment. Come on, bow your heads and your hearts with me. And right now, I just want to begin talking. God, God, we love you. And I can't thank you enough how real you've been right here in this moment today. Out of all of our services, God, your presence right here in this moment is so strong. Now, God, I don't know in your reach who you drew close today to come and watch and listen. I don't know who's on the other side of that screen, on that smartphone, on that computer, on that TV at home. I don't know who's up in our chapel that is frustrated they didn't get in this room, but yet, God, they're there and they're listening. I don't know who's a first-time guest down at Fredericksburg and who's a long-time member that came back on Easter. But God, you know them and you love them. And God, today, your love is more powerful than anything that we're facing in this world. But God, I am convinced today that there are Christians that need to confess and need to repent. God, right now, I ask in Jesus' name for them to do that. Come on, talk to God right there where you're seated, Christian. And God, I'm convinced right now that somebody here needs to begin a relationship with you. And so I want to give them a chance to talk to you. That's called prayer. I'm going to give them a prayer to pray to you. But more than the words, God, their heart being turned to your heart is what this is all about. Come on, if your heart's beating fast right now and God's speaking to you right now, and right now is your day of salvation, right there, would you just simply have a conversation with God wherever you are? Start like this. Say, God, my life is broken. Tell him that. My sin shows me that I need you. I believe Christ came to live, came to die, and was raised again to rescue me. Forgive me and turn me from my selfish ways. I put my trust in you. Thank you for saving me. I praise you, God. Thank you for this Easter and what we've already experienced. But God, thank you for what you've done right here in this moment. Come on. With your head bowed, your eyes closed, I want to ask you to do one more thing before we sing this final song. If you're online right now, would you just look up at me? Look up at me. Right now, you just made the greatest decision that you've ever made. If you just gave your life to Jesus, would you just click that button right now and say, Pastor, today, I just trusted Jesus to save me. Only he could rescue me. Come on, who are you? Who are you? Let us know right here in this moment. Now, if you're sitting in this room here at Stafford or you're over there with Pastor Andrew at Fredericksburg or you're up in the chapel with Pastor Jerry and John, I want you right now to celebrate with me your new decision in Christ. But I can't celebrate if I don't know who you are. So I'm going to count to three. When I hit three, if today you just prayed and believed, I want you to show me by lifting your hand high, holding it up until one of my prayer team gets to you to give you a gift. Come on, you already took the hard step. You already said yes. You already trusted and believed. So let's not be ashamed. Let's celebrate today that Easter has found its way to your heart. Who are you? Come on, who are you? One, two, three. Right now, go high. Go high with me. Go high with me. Let me see your hand unashamed. Don't shrink back in this moment. Say yes to him. Show me you said yes to him. Anybody else, keep your hand up. Both campuses, come on, keep your hand up in the chapel. Come on, till we get to you. We're going to celebrate today. God's done something in your heart today. Come on, child. Come on, teenager. Come on, adult. 
Thank you, God, for the grace and mercy that's ours. God, may Easter be a starting line, not a finish line for us today. May the next seven days, may we live like we are loved by you. And may we live by preaching and living the good news of Jesus Christ. We pray this day and pray this Easter in Jesus' name. Amen. Come on, stand up both campuses. Let's sing together.